Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everyone. Welcome back into the Moment of Cluth podcast. I hope everyone listening is having a great week, a great day. I for one am in the best mood today, and my guest this week is partially to blame for that. I just had so much fun editing this episode. She is Tamika Lee. I met her when I was working in New Orleans at the ABC affiliate. She was an anchor and I was a reporter and we became dear friends. She also stars on Bravo's hit show, Southern Charm New Orleans. She's the daughter of a saint legend and she's a legend herself because she gives great advice. There is never a dull moment with Tamika Lee, but she's also someone I've always looked up to because she knows how to get what she wants. She's respected, she stands in her truth, and she has a winner's mentality. Throughout our years of friendship, Tamika has helped me grow into the woman that I am today by sharing her knowledge with me on how to stand in my truth. And she's the perfect guest for the Moment of Glute podcast because she's very authentic, unscripted, and I think you'll see why she's someone worth listening to. Enjoy. So for everybody listening who doesn't know, this is Tamika Lee. She is a Bravo celebrity. She's a star of the hit show, Southern Charm New Orleans. And she's also one of my very dear friends and I love her very much. So basically you guys are all just witnessing our virtual happy hour. <laughs> this is what we used to do at, when you were at WGNO, um, as you see on here in New Orleans, you used to come in the makeup room and I would get there to work and we would to do this. Yes. That's where the most real conversations happened, though. Before Southern Charm New Orleans, it was makeup room dish sesh. And we, I'd come in there and shut the door, and we would just tell each other all the secrets in the world. I got to know you in, like, 90 seconds. Yeah. You're, I know. We, we became very close very quickly. And it was over coffee and makeup. So yeah. Now it's over wine and, you know, the internet. I know. Sad. I miss you, and I miss New Orleans. How are you? I'm good. We miss you here in New Orleans. Um, you know, everybody, everybody loves Megan out here. Um, good. Things are different. Things are interesting. And my life always is a complete 180. Um, so what's the latest? I know this time last year we were gearing up for season two of Southern Charm. And you confirmed um, it's season three, right? <laughs> no, you're, you're so trying to get the scoop scoop. See, there's, yeah. I can text you later and then there's things I can talk about here. Um, we, what what can I say about season three? We don't have, there's no word of anything right now. We are in a, like a holding pattern and then the pandemic happened and Mm -hmm. then, so that's where we are. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think New Orleans is a great city. I think the crew we had was insane. We've all been through so much in the last eight months since the show aired, but when we last filmed was... We wrapped December 2018. So think about that. That's a year and almost a half since mm-hmm. people have last seen us. And let me just tell you, a lot of stuff has happened. So how like real time is this? Because, well, I guess, when did season two wrap for you guys? Most, um, most Bravo shows are about seven, eight months, like to, since filming to when they air. Depending, the Housewives, they pull out those babies within like six months, especially Atlanta. I know they tried to get that because they're so like, it's so much. Um, For our show specifically, we seem to be, I think when we start, when we start airing, no, it's about, it's about a nine month process for us. It's it's like having a baby, but no, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's about nine months. I think from where we start to finish, 
Um, and it also depends on what we're going behind or what, where we're going to air and that kind of thing. But the, it, unfortunately, the last two times were like very far apart from when we filmed to where real life was. And so by the time real, like it, you get over stuff, like you mended friendships, you know, me and Barry are okay, I'm fine with so-and-so. And then you rewatch it, you're like, oh, that's right, I hate you. <laughs> oh, that's right, you suck. <laughs> like, so it's like, or it's just like you watch it all over again. You get mad all over again. Like I can't tell you how many fights I've had all over again. And then those confessionals, like no one knows what you say in the confessionals, and they, you know, not that they look you up because I'm a grown woman. Like no one can make me say anything I don't want to say. But I will say, you're sitting down for a long period of time. Um, the wine is flowing, and they're asking you questions. And it's so funny because you just—it's your immediate reaction to things. And boy, they just shade it and they just like plug it right on in into something that means, you know, what it was. And so that's where the shade comes from. It's just like, and you don't know what you say. And so sometimes like with Reagan or Barry, you're like, what'd you say about me in confession? I'm like, I don't remember what I said, but when I watch it, I'm like, oh my God, Tamika, like what, what? And I've gotten mad many times over things everyone has said so yeah that would kill me honestly if I had to watch playback of my friends talking about me I would like spill a drink on them the next time I saw them like nine yeah, months later I'd be re-mad over what they just said you, you get re-mad but but no one no one has gone through what we've gone through there's six of us seven of us or whoever's in the friend group at the time and so you actually become extremely close like as much as Reagan and I like went through what we went through and it was just gross and disgusting and I called her all kind of things and she you know said the same thing it's like no one else rode that ride but us so um and actually rather somebody tell me my face how they feel about me even though it's in front of America and a million people watching I rather <laughs> I know how you feel now and so instead of fake friends you know you know where people feel you know people stand what was the most challenging part about that process? Because you and Reagan were like close, close before all of this happened. Like this right. isn't a fake friendship. You were friends before right. the show. No, Megan, that's what I was telling you before. I said, this is not a housewife situation where I'm one of six women that have a show. I, this is my group. This is my husband. This is my friend. This is my other friend. This is my childhood friend. This is my best friend. This is, and these are real relationships. And so there's nowhere to go. You know what I mean? Like my brother's on it. My childhood mm -hmm. friend's on it. My other childhood friend's on it. My current best friend's on it. My, there's no outlet. And so that was really hard for me to manage. Um, Cause I wasn't like a how like I wasn't like Tamika Lee's in a group and I can leave that group and go deal with my real friends. It was like, this is my real life. So mm -hmm. that was hard. And I, I cried a lot. Mm, that makes me I sad know, because I know that it, you it, have, hard. you have hard. the best intentions. You're such a good person. And like every time that I would come to you for advice, you're such a good friend. So that makes me sad, but that's also very representative of new Orleans. Like there is nowhere to go. Like some suddenly you're dating, like your best friend's cousin and things go sour. And then you start dating their cousin and like, everybody knows each other. There's nowhere that's to turn. A, that's where we get the term, you know, who's your mom in them? Like one of our favorite phrases is who's your mom and them and that came from it's a real thing like when I was growing up I was in high school and I would come home and I would say mom I'm that you know uh let's say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Justin and that's a bad that's about it because he's on a show let's say <laughs> Jeremy I'm gonna say Jeremy right mom I met Jeremy he 
so cute and he's, you know, whatever. And she's like, who's his mom and them? Because it, we were known to date cousins. Like everybody's so related and knows everyone that it's likely that his mom knows my mom and they went to school together. And like, so it's a thing. So it's like, who's your mom and them? Which is where that phrase comes from. Because everybody's related or kissing cousins or has known each other since. It's connected and love each other. That is my favorite part about New Orleans. I feel like I'm not even from there, but I consider it like a hometown almost because I lived there for three years. But when I think about it, just it's one of those cities that gets under your skin. The people get under your skin and just lives with you. You just I say once you land here in the city of New Orleans and then you have your experience, you get back on the plane and you're like, what just happened? And I'm like, New Orleans just happened because it just happens. I can't explain it. It gets in your soul and it takes over you, which is so hard with this pandemic and COVID-19 in New Orleans being like, we, we can't touch. We have to be six feet away. We can't party because we, we live off of that. We live off of like the heartbeat of the city, which is the music, the people touching and loving and like to not have that is just very awkward. Very no, it's sad. This was a weird year for New Orleans. I felt like Mardi Gras was off this year, especially with the multiple deaths from the um, float, which was just so sad um, and odd. I felt like it was just a cursed Mardi Gras year. And then every festival, for every festival to get canceled is just, that is the heartbeat of the city. So I feel for New Orleans particularly. When I was watching the news reports come out, like in the very beginning of the pandemic and New Orleans was getting hit hard, I was like, my heart aches for them. I mean, my heart aches for everybody, but Mm -hmm. it's just rough to see. Anyway, I miss you. Cheers. Thanks for coming on this show with me. What, what do you, what can you tell me? What's the latest dish, (laughs) dish on your life, girl? It's like, what's the latest dish? Um, (laughs) I'm still at WGNO, so I'm still doing that locally. Um, I'm always into something. I'm revamping my lash line. We, Tealy, Tealy Lashes, Mm-hmm. coming out with some really good ideas. Actually, right behind me, right behind this computer is like the mecca of mess of my new lines, my new packaging, my box and stuff. So doing that, um, <laughs> I feel like I'm always moving, but that's not my, <laughs> not because of me, it's because of everything else. And I'm actually writing a book. And yeah. I, I know. And so the, you know what I'm talking about with this. I give really good love advice, right? You do. I do. And people are like, I'm like, no, 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 really. Like I have theories about love and life and relationships. I've been in with Barry for 17 years. We've been married for going on 13 years. And I have theories of, of relationships and people and all of it. Um, so I, the book started off like that, like a real comical way of viewing relationships. And it turned into something else which was um, like story time, which we used to always have story time. So it's yes. kind of where it inspired, you know, I was a coach for the NFL um, cheerleaders for the Saints to Saints forever. And when practice was like really hard or practice would go long or I would see them like tired or I could, you know, you can sense something's not right. They're fighting or she had boyfriend issues or her family has some problem or she just got in a car accident or she's worried about school. I would just sit them down and be like, story time. And I would relate my life and my stories to motivation speeches. So for example, instead of being like, 
it's a motivational book and you can do it. Anybody can try to chase their dreams, dreams. <laughs> like you can, you know, no one believes that because right, dreams. like no one believes that like a 10 year old girl is like, I don't believe that someone that looks like you, meaning me, you, whoever can make, like, how do I make it there? It's unattainable. I don't get that. Like, what do you mean? Follow your dreams, like stick with it. It doesn't make sense until somebody tells you their story until somebody tells you like, Oh no, 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 no. I was 10 made fun of look like this, like your stories. Uh-huh. So I feel like my stories and I've been through so much. I've traveled the world. I've danced for everyone, including Beyonce. I've literally done everything in the world. My stories have some motivation to tie. So that's this book is about, it's kind of like an autobiography meets like life, love lessons meets humor of Tamika meets like, you know, so anyway, that's it. I love I this. When's it, when's it yeah. launching? When is it, when are you releasing it? And I have it done by June, which is coming up, but the summer will be for sure done. And uh, that's my latest venture. Yeah. Congratulations. That's so exciting. And you're the perfect person to write that type of book because I remember we used to, in the makeup room, I'd come to you with my career questions, my love questions. And I remember the thing that really stuck with me the most is one time you told me um, being in the know and no, K-N-O-W and N-O. So knowing your worth and knowing when to say no. Mm-hmm. And I remember you saying that to me and it really stuck with me because I started saying no to people and opportunities that yeah. didn't make sense to me. And What's it the felt- story. Yeah. Write that down. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wait, write it down. Credit your girl. No, the year of no, the year of K-N-O-W and the year of N-O. It's the year of no. Yep. You know, and the year of no for me was the year that I ended up moving back to Chicago. I passed on, I love WGNO. I love New Orleans, but I passed on, um, another contract and staying the option yeah. to stay because I knew it wasn't right for me and it was time to go home and be with my family. And that ended up, you know, pushing me into this market and working here. And now I'm in this relationship and it just, I feel like when you really stand your ground and you know who you are and what you deserve and you believe that you get what you deserve. So, so did any of my love advice help you with your current relationship at all? Like any of it, like just any of to make it like creep in your head and be like, any of it because I would tell you some things because you you know you know oh I know (laughs) you know when I hear your voice in my current relationship it was just that when the right person comes along you won't have to be crazy because I would get crazy I'd be like uh investigating looking in their Instagram trying no that's one of my one of my things is you have to be crazy so one of my advice to women or anybody who wants to find a partner is you have to be crazy yeah you have to be crazy, not white jacket crazy, which people go, but you, but men like a little crazy, like men, like women that are like crazy, but not hell crazy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? There's a difference. Don't There's be a, a bunny boiler, but show them your crazy side right off the bat. I mean, I, I feel like what I took away from you was just like being really authentic in the beginning of relationships and laying yeah, it yeah. all out there as in like my timeline. So on my first date with my now boyfriend, we went to a podcast taping of a lot. It was a live panel podcast taping of we met at Acme shout out Lindsay Metzler my college friend who hosts this great podcast it's about millennial dating and I invited him to this it was a double date and I remember being like this is crazy because he's gonna sit in this room full of women who are looking for love advice and I'm gonna be like yes preach in the crowd and I was like you know 
I feel like I should just show him that side of me right yeah. off the bat and yeah. tell him what I want, what my timeline was for wanting kids. Crazy. You have to be crazy, yeah. but not exactly crazy. It's men love. I don't, I'm very, it's, it works. You also need to know when a bitch bicker and behave, but other than that, we're good. Ooh, gotta, explain that days. one. Bitch bicker and behave. The three B's. You got to know when to be a bitch. You got to know when to bicker. You got to know when to behave. It's very simple. When is, okay, walk me through that. When is the appropriate time for all of those things? <laughs> so you're like, <laughs> tell me everything. It's the, you got, it's almost like the, you got to know which, you got to know um, which battles to pick and you got to know when to pull the cards out. Cause we are all, we, every woman is a bitch at some point. We all, you know, want to fight and we all need to know when to behave. And I think that some people just don't know when to do those things. And so I explain that in my book, but so you have to just wait for that. I know. Cause there's, 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 and it's not like giving up who you are. It's not like, what do you mean behave? Like, that's the other thing. Like stop questioning why I'm saying this or like what that means. Like, this is why you're not married. Like when you don't have to question it is when it's, it's supposed to be real. So like, you need to know when a bitch bicker and behave. You also, yes, I totally agree with you. It's, you know what I mean? Like it's a whole, and if you have to question any part of your relationship, as far as not like when you're together and like, there's certain questions, like, for example, your questions would be, you were, I think you were so, first of all, you're beautiful and you're lovely and I, I adore you. And I could never understood why you wanted, like, you wanted that so bad. And I'm like, but no, they should want that for, like, why are you trying to seek that when, like, you are that? Like, you don't even see that you're that girl. Like, you're everything. Like, it shouldn't be about you trying to go seek that. Like, it's you. It's you. And so what I think when people have to question that in relationships is, like, you just got to keep, that's when it's all wrong. Like, if no one's making you feel like the best you ever Cause like Barry loves all of me and I'm ridiculous. Like no one can handle me, but Barry Smith, but that's why we're together. Cause he just loves all of it. And I don't have to like seek it or like give me attention. I want it, but I'm great. Right. But don't you love me? Right. But look at my outfit, but like, look at my hair, but it's not, he doesn't care. He's like, I just love you. And so like, it's a, when you find that, which you found, and I know you have, and I could, you know, I'm a little bit psychic too. So I can tell you when you get married, but oh, tell me. Well, I do think he is the one for you. you. Um, and I is everyone in New Orleans a psychic? I don't know. I feel I like you've know, got it in you. I don't know. I just go off of like really quick. I'm never wrong. I'm always right. So I go off, of, I go off my first instinct. And if I get to know you, it waters it down. But like off of first instinct, I can always tell you like everything. Like I just know. Very weird. But go anyway, on. So he's the one. I, when I saw his picture and I saw, and I see how you are with him, like for sure. I think he's like, not even a question of a doubt. That's your husband. Let me know when to get my nails done. Um, there was something I was going to ask you. Oh, you know what? Back to your book. So two important things I learned from you was when to say no, like the year of no and no. And then I also distinctly remember the day that you told me your book is already written. And that is something that has stuck with me since the day you said it. Because when I, I mean, in this industry, I feel like in broadcast and media and whatever realm you're in. Women and pretty people and everybody's doing the same thing. 
Yeah. Yes. And I don't understand the woman, the women out there who don't support other women, because I feel like in my career, I've continuously supported other women and it's done nothing but make me feel better. So like the only thing that happens is you feel better about yourself when you do that. But I've experienced women who don't support me and who come for me. And I remember you saying one time I had one particular person coming for me and you were like, they're not that person's not going to stop you from you achieving what you're going to achieve. Like right. they can put you in your corner. They can do whatever they want to do. They can limit your opportunities, but you're still well, going to get written. what you're going to get. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I always tell my girls and I'll tell everyone, I'm like a candle does not go out by lighting another candle. Like ever, like your candle, does, if you light another candle, if you just, you're just two lit candles, your book is already written. So there's no point even going there. It's like winners focus on winning and losers focus on winners. So mm -hmm. you can't, you can't, you can't. It's almost, it should be fuel for you. If somebody is coming for you and hating you and hating on you and like, that is, you're doing something right. I tell you that much. You know what I mean? Like if you, you, you're still watching what I'm doing and you're still worried about me that I'm doing something right that's bothering you. So it's almost like a fuel thing. So no, your book's already written. It's been written. No one can take that from you. They can't take your talent, your, who you are. And so that's it. But the moment you fixate on that, it's over. You know, your path has already like changed. You have to just like keep going. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, that being said, this podcast, the reason I was so excited, I think I remember talking to you about this podcast mm -hmm. when I wanted to start it three years ago. Now here we finally are. But this podcast is about, authenticity it's moment of cluth because cluth rhymes with tooth and truth tooth has one glass of wine can't even remember my one own glass name. Of wine. God damn it. <laughs> this is a podcast about teeth welcome <laughs> just the one tooth okay so this whole podcast is about truth and you my friend are a truth speaker and I love that about you. You are just not afraid to speak your truth and you're not apologizing for what you say. No, when you say something, that's true. That's you own true. your shit. It's gotten me a lot of trouble, but this is true. But my point being is that everybody has a moment in their life where they feel like they weren't authentic to themselves or they weren't speaking their truth and they were holding themselves back from something and maybe they didn't yeah. actually up here connect it with it, but you feel it in your gut. When was a moment in your life where you realized you weren't being authentic and what did you learn from it? Um, I question that every other day. I mean, let's just be honest. Like I don't have it all together. I don't have the answers and I still question myself all the time, but I do know now, and I don't know if it's age or having children or having really good friends around because you do need to have good, a good crew, get rid of toxic people. Um, and toxic people, by the way, I'm going off center, but toxic people are the people you can't put in a car with your mom, your kids, or your husband across country. Think about it. Um, no, I'm serious. Think about it. Because if you can't, Megan, if I can't put you in a car with my husband in order not to like cheat on with my mom to take care of, make sure she's alive, and my children to make sure they don't die, we should not be friends. Okay, yeah. going back. Um, if you have a good support system, I don't, I don't know where the time happened or the moment happened where I was like, stay in your truth and just keep it. If you keep staying your truth, if you keep doing your, what you're like, what you feel is right, then it will be okay. 
um, I still think that, like, I still question my decisions. I still don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Like I'm never fully, um, like, yes, unless that truth comes in. So like, my point is like, the truth has made me confident enough to be this bold. Does that make sense? And like, mm -hmm. I think it, and I still question it. So like, there's not, I'm not over it. I'm not better than, I'm not like I've made it. And I, I could just tell the truth to people and that's what it is or to myself. Um, but I do know it was around 30, 30 something. No, I, I would say before, I've always been like a very, um, this is me kind of chick, but to stand in your truth, I think it was more of like the thirties and, um, you know, I still question everything. I question everything all the time, but I think if you are truthful with yourself and you make those decisions, then it's going to be okay. Cause I'll make a decision and be like, I don't know if that's right, but I, but it's right because I made it with truth, authenticity, good people behind me. And it wasn't any other thing. Like, that's it. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like it's a whole thing about it. I guess that's just another chapter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I still question that Megan. I really do. I question it all the time. I think people think I have it all together and you know, that I have it all like figured out. And I'm like, no, 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 I still wake up and look like shit like you. Like I still literally, not you, but I'm saying I, there's no, there's no, I just am a hustler. I'm just a hustler. And I just believe in, there's always another way. Like I don't take no for an answer. When somebody tells me no, when someone's, and I know I'm supposed to be there. Like, let's say like, I'm supposed to be in that club. Let's like, let's take a club. Let's take a simple example of like the club right like there's a line there's vip and i want to be right there right tamika normal people would be like i don't go wait in line yeah i don't never thought that way i don't go win line i don't wait in line i'm supposed to be in the club so i just i manifest it and i walk up and i'm like i'm supposed to be there and i will make that happen and i don't take no i'm like no is another way of figuring it out so i will figure out another way to get there and that's how i've been about everything. I didn't go to school for TV. I didn't graduate in television communications and whatever. I, I wasn't trained in this and yet I'm doing it. You know, I wasn't a trained dancer um, that went to school her whole life with ballet shoes and a pink leotard. And I did, wasn't that girl, but yet I was a dancer. Um, I just always felt like if I want something, damn it, like I'm going to manifest it and stand in it and no matter how the shit looks that's what's going to be that's where what's it's your advice for manifesting because that's such a you know it's such a popular word these days with all of the books that are out and i've read them all because manifesting does work for anybody listening to this podcast it really does i've manifested every single thing that i want everything what's i've ever done everything i've ever 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 done i've manifested and when you say something that's watch what you say because a shit will come true one thousand percent if you say i'm gonna marry to love my life you're going to fucking marry love of your life. If you say, yep. I want to, I want to, now mind you, be careful what you ask for because it manifests. If you say you want a rich man, you're going to find a rich man. He might be an asshole. He might hit you. He mm -hmm. might be controlling, but you're going to get a rich man. So be careful what you wish for. So make sure you wish for the right things. I wished for a loyal man, a man that made me laugh. A man that could love and look at and be like, you have beautiful children. And that's what I have. He happens to be fine as hell. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> So it happened. Did you manifest so that, that too? Was that on the no, I, I didn't even manifest that. I manifested a good, I wanted 
we know my dad passed away when I was young. We, you know, we all know the story, but I really wanted a man in my life that like I felt safe with and that like was my best friend. I didn't care about his race, his job, his none of that. And that's what I got. Like I got that. We have our issues and but they're not that, but that's what I got. I got my best friend and the man who supports me. So you manifesting is saying it out loud and actually doing it, like actually working towards that. That's what it is. You can't say, I want to be on TV and then like not putting together a reel, calling the people, doing the work. You got to go, you got to get ugly, but mm-hmm. you got to manifest it. You know what I mean? You do yeah. great with that. You're, you're, you are an example of a great person who manifests things. I think everything you've said, you, you're, you've, you're doing, or you're going to do. I think that's one of you. I think that's what attracted me to you and what attracts me to people. I like people who are um, real, um, successful, and success is not money. Success is somebody who's just like doing what they say they're going to do. And um, just fun people, like, and you're all of those things, and you manifest really good intentions. And I think that's going to all come true for you. I think that's where your path is. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I say success is a mindset. Totally. Totally. It's not a money. It's not a number. I mean, you can make it a number, but will you be happy? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I always say that. Like, if you look back, I look back five years, I'm, yeah, I'm richer than I was five years ago, but I'm happier than I was five years ago. So yeah, you gotta look at that. Exactly. Um, At the end of this podcast, I like to play two truths and a lie where you tell I'm the most indecisive person ever. I can't do this. I can't do do it. I believe in you. (sighs) Two truths and a lie, or I'm going to make you dish on season three. (laughs) What you got? Okay. Um, I won the 2017 twerk competition with the Sensations at the final dinner dance party, right? Coach twerk of the year. Um, I am right-handed, but I can write with my left-handed perfectly and backwards, like backwards with my left hand perfectly. And and I drink a bottle of wine a night. Okay, well, that's true. That was an easy one. Okay, so the lie is that you won the twerking contest. Yes. How did you know? I didn't. I just guessed. Because I'm a dancer and I can't twerk. Okay, it's out there. I'm a black girl who's a dancer who can't twerk. I don't know. No, I'm happy that I was able to join you. I am super proud of you always. I remember when you first wanted to do this. Um, before you left years ago. So that's awesome. And I'm always looking forward to talking with you. And I can't wait to see your future endeavors. Thank you. I miss you. Cheers to you you and all your success. And please let me know the launch date of your book so I can share it. And I will text you all the real details of my life. (laughs) Yes. Give me the scoop. And then I'll just low-key whisper it into this mic. You just won't know it. No, you can't (laughs) do that. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. I miss you and appreciate you always keeping it real. Thanks, babe. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Moment of Cluth podcast. I'm your host, Megan Cluth. 
For more episodes, please subscribe and share this episode with others. Visit MeganKluth.com to get in touch and stay tuned for more great interviews. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.